If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Last mm-hmm. year, you were doing uh, what looked like an amazing play called You Will Get Sick. And mm-hmm. you, a couple of times, posted some really delicious thirst traps to promote the show, but not <laughs> as many thirst traps this year. Daniel, what changed? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? This week, we've got Daniel K. Isaac, the gorgeous star of Every Brilliant Thing, here in LA at the Geffen Playhouse. And this conversation is pretty pretty five-star, if I may say. Thank you so much for my birthday messages from last week. It felt so nice to hear people listen to the solo app where I discussed accidentally trespassing at a hotel pool. Um, the birthday was great. It feels gorgine to be 34. And I celebrated getting too high and um, feeling the effects of that in this 34-year-old body. Speaking of uh, getting too high, I put up a bonus episode on the Patreon, which is something I'm going to make a habit of. At least twice a month, I'm going to be putting up bonus episodes of things I don't want the full public to hear. And this episode is about uh, the time I went to the spa on my birthday and experienced the feelings of being far too zooted for my own good Here's a little preview. Well, this daddy was sitting there cooling down and um, saw me shower. And I took my, I had just taken my glasses off because, you know, I didn't want to get them all steamy. So I'm pretty sure he was staring at me and kind of flirtyizing me. But I couldn't really tell, so I, I might have been a little rude and kind of just like look ignored him. But it still was hot, and it made me feel very excited. And again, this is the the type of level of zootedness felt so delicious. I was in heaven, and unfortunately, it kind of didn't go downhill from there. But things started to turn. 
The rest of the episode you can find at patreon.com slash gayasspodcast, and it's only $5 a month. And the more people that sign up, the more bonus episodes I will be able to do. And it's a risk I've been wanting to take, and I'm really proud of myself for putting these things out there and hopefully uh, having people like yourselves sign up. The first day I posted it, I've already had you know doubled the audience that we had before, so I'm excited to see where it goes, and I really, really uh, appreciate all of that support. So let's get into this week's episode with Daniel K. Isaac. We discuss the time he jacked off with a church friend, the character actress that he worked with that he chooses to save, and at the end of the episode, Daniel has some beautiful honesty and vulnerability about what happened after he came out and getting disowned. It's a chock-full episode. I'm so proud of it and thrilled you're here. And if you enjoy, uh, let us know on social media. It's at KS Podcast, and I'm at Eric Wills. I love you. Daniel K. Isaac is on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Fresh <laughs> off of a five-show weekend. Daniel, how dare you have the energy to come onto this godforsaken <laughs> podcast? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You let me sleep in today, so. I mean, it's that yeah, for, for the for the Judy's listening, it's eleven thirty-nine AM. Uh you do a five-show weekend. Mm-hmm. What time do you wake up on Monday to usually? Mm-hmm. What what how's your body wanting to sleep in? I think I woke up around nine something, but then just laid in bed and and looked at my phone and panicked about a flu shot that I had forgotten I'd scheduled. So rushed over to Target to do that. So you've had a day. I've had a, a little morning and then um, made it back and shoved a protein bar in my mouth. And here we are in your mouth. That that was going to be my next question as to where it was shoved. Um, how mm-hmm. was the um, how was the nurse giving the flu shot? She was very kind and then went and stabbed me like it was a dart in a dartboard you know bitch <laughs> did you did you volu- did you involuntarily shout out bitch <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> she's like ah oh, these fucking gay guys getting shot bitch mm-hmm. well you're smart to have gotten it and i have not yet gotten mine myself so thank you for the inspiration Do it. i did my covid booster last week too so I spread them out one one a week Good just for to not you. overwhelm my system. Well, we were talking before we hit record about how crazy it is that you have a five. You do two shows on Saturday, Saturday. two shows on Sunday. You have a Friday night show, and mm-hmm. obviously the girls know based on my intro. But the play is called Every Brilliant Thing. It's at the Geffen. Yes. It is a solo yes. show. You are <laughs> yeah. literally there's audience participation. There are just daniel living your dream on the stage um so the question is have you always been such a theater girlina or mm. were, were you a, the, the girls always want to know the high school shows you did oh okay my first high school musical was guys and dolls yeah i was a junior in high school and i was one of the three guys who sing in the beginning about the gambling song yeah on the are. horses and then I forget what else we did. Man Who Came to Dinner, Noises Off, Midsummer Night's Dream. You're that type of high school that did Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Joe Hufford at Troy High School in Fullerton. Shout out. I will forever be indebted to him. And the last play I did was Look Homeward Angel, which I really, really loved. This um, play set in the South, and he just did sort of 
inclusive casting, which I felt was so ahead of its time. Yeah. You know, Who did you play? There are, it's like a mother and two sons and, you know. Um, you played the mother. I played the mother, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Typecasting. It's really, no, it's very, it's, you know, representation matters. And I mm-hmm. think you as a Southern mother, uh, come on, kids, supper's ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to do a glass menagerie gender bent, right? Yeah, no, you're you're gonna play. Uh, you're gonna play Laura. Is it Lori? Laura? Or is it Amanda? Amanda's or, or the I mom. Play, Amanda's the mom. Yeah. So oh, yeah, duh, you went to the next go. mother. I was thinking okay, well, my, <laughs> the next connection in my brain is that so Celia Keenan Bolger played the daughter and I saw her yeah, do that in New York. She I was loved excellent. that production. So good. But I'm picturing yeah. you doing not that character. You are playing Celia Keenan Bolger doing that character. That's what I want to see your casting as. And then that goes to my next point in my brain that I've done some research on you. And in one of your <laughs> interviews, you said that if you were to do a Broadway show you'd want to do mm-hmm. putnam county spelling bee <laughs> for a revival I, yeah for a revival and i saw celia keenan bulger's brother andrew do the i think i saw him do the tour when i was a teenager of putnam county spelling bee look at this full wow. gay cirque wait i wonder if i saw him on tour too because i saw that at in san diego right before i moved to new york city did you also hook up with him after i did not but i didn't either did you? That was, no that was a full <laughs> wishful thinking uh yeah i mean god he anyone on instagram sees his ridiculous body yeah, i was gonna and say like in that dracula show right now off broadway i can't wait to go see it when i get back so oh and also um he's obviously gorgeous and his husband is very hot too i feel like that's mm-hmm. important to say um mm-hmm. actually speaking of gorgeous men we'll get into you and your gorgeous boyfriend but i feel like your boyfriend <laughs> and andrew's boyfriend could play siblings that's a big that's a big compliment um it is it is do you really um i i you say in this interview that you are more of a base and Mm -hmm. we need you know we need more base representation on broadway which i agree with it's one of the reasons why i don't i don't really do musical theater much i'm like i can't these book of you're a base too I'm yeah. like a, I'm like a, I'm like a baritone, like uh, God a made bar-tenor. me. A baritoner. I'm a baritoner who just like, mm-hmm. you know, squeezes. I've seen you asshole. sing online. <laughs> <laughs> so are we, what's the bass role we're going to manifest for Daniel on Broadway? I love this. Let's, let's do, let's do Bridges of Madison County, oh uh, whole E down or multiple, yeah. multiple steps down. We're going to take her down three whole steps. Uh-huh. You're going to go. It all fades away. It all fades away. It all. Wait, do you remember that video meme of like an egg or someone yes. doing it with like a puppet? Or it's I, like a that brought me so something. much joy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and the I have to give a shout so out. Stupid. It's so stupid. And speaking of beautiful stupidity, um, uh-huh. Matt, he is not much for a comedy sketch online, but he did make fun of <laughs> Bridges of Madison County by saying that he was auditioning for the ensemble and he put a video up of him just moving a bunch of chairs around (laughs) on on the vowel ooh um the vowel ooh yeah so Mm. uh, i Mm -hmm. i I am excited to see you in a base version of bridges of madison county thank you i am too (laughs) gorgeous manifestations on that's a gay ass podcast well i do want to get us to the first and most important, gay-ass podcast question, which is, Daniel, 
Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? Oh, wow. According to my mother, it'd be her. She blames herself, which is, you know, maybe too deep to get into on this podcast, but that's what therapy is for. No, this podcast and therapy is for our traumas uh-huh. with our mothers, and who yes. among us doesn't have them? Uh huh. But also, oh, I think a guy at church taught me how to jerk off. So that's fitting for all these homophobic Christians out there. I'll say that it fits in the palm of his hand. How, can, you, can, you, can you paint the picture? Was it a Sunday service? I can't remember. I spent a lot of time at church, single mom, only child. So mm-hmm. church was basically free babysitting. And I know it was nighttime. And funnily enough, back to your theater question, my mom introduced me to theater at the this mega church's theater troupe that did original productions for Easter and Christmas. Wow! And so maybe rehearsal was over or maybe everyone went to some sort of service and it was just me and this other actor, actress, um, her son. I think she was also a single mom and maybe he was an only child too, but us two boys napping on the couch, like a, a rehearsal couch. Mm. And then, um, and then he whipped out his boner and um i don't think i had quite reached puberty yet so i wasn't i don't think i could get a real like full-fledged boner or i know i'd never jerked off before and and i guess pre-internet you know no one was there to teach me or i didn't have siblings or anything so he he jerked off and that was hot and and then i tried it at home and this is so much for a podcast, but this is your podcast. So we'll, we'll yeah, just yeah. say, don't stop, I just don't remember stop. like the tiniest dribble of semen, just mm. like it was, you know, a baby. Uh, please don't cancel us for pedophilia right now. But hey, you know, don't this is say biology. Us. You're the one talking. <laughs> Do not rope me in. Do I, haven't, not... I haven't gone down this memory lane before. Um, but shortly thereafter, dial-up internet happened. So, oh, well. And the rest is history. Do you remember mm-hmm. what age you were? for this couch and then dribble of cum moment uh-huh dribble of cum couch 10 9 oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 like really young but the thing is is i hear a lot of people that do have these sexual awakenings at these young ages and funny mm-hmm. enough you know how you hear a lot of women are a lot more advanced when it comes to like puberty and growing up like i remember hearing a lot of women would like like hump their bears and shit at eight and nine to like Mm. you know Mm -hmm. masturbate but i do think for boys because just maybe physiologically it does it's just an interesting like age to be like i know that eventually i am going to be quite sexual for you to be literally confronted with your theater friend's hard cock on a theater mm-hmm. couch and i think we can all smell that couch i i, I know i know what the couch <laughs> looks like i can smell the couch um did anything ever happen again with this jack off theater friend that guy i feel like we did some heavy petting or like groping in the dark i think i remember playing hide and seek with the kids once and we we hid behind one of those giant tvs back in the day but nothing nothing came of it and i i actually don't even remember his name or if he's gay today or not which i then would have a bunch of gay experiences in boy scouts so you know this uh a double whammy of 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 non-gay quote-unquote spaces (laughs) 
it's kind of hilarious to me that like you i've read about you know like your relationship with your mom her being religious and the fact Mm -hmm. that you were put into like not only mega church but mega church theater and then boy Mm -hmm. scout it's like honey if she and water polo and swimming it's just you just thrust men at me at this point it's not nature versus nurture (laughs) at this point it's a you that you did choose someone chose for you (laughs) it's breeding yep yeah that that to me is the 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 democratic um goal is to make everyone gay and they're just gonna keep putting boys into water polo Mm -hmm. (laughs) wait that's so hot though like my jealousy goes to like everything happened for a reason for me of course but i didn't have any sexual Mm. awakening irl with an actual person until i was just about 19 years old so like whoa was it phone sex was it aol chat rooms i okay well that to me is not irl i but i definitely i did do phone chat so okay so then so then okay so then i did (laughs) god i did you did you do the phone chat stuff yeah, I, I, maybe I'm a base today because I would call people and then deepen my voice and of course. and try it. But I, I sucked at it and it didn't really? really get me off as much or I don't know that it still does. I think IRL well, is the way to go. And I would love to pull a crowd to see when, when, yeah. who actually still does phone sex anymore. I, I assume long distance relationships. Yeah. Other, otherwise, yeah, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, do you remember what website you met people on for your phone chats? It was AOL chat rooms. Oh. That's when I first, first, I think I had the dumbest handle too, like lifeguard tiger seven, 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 yep. or something stupid like yep. that. Lifeguard like tiger swimmer yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I must've had a thing for lifeguards in church. My nickname was tiger, like tiger woods. Cause I was super tan. Cause I was in water polo and swimming and you know tiger woods is is part asian and and the community used to be very proud of him and maybe not so much anymore and yeah that uh, that that brings up a different connotation now but mm-hmm. and i was in troop 777 in <gasps> dunbar california so i just i just combined all of those things with his very unoriginal aol screen name and and tried my luck but well listen, still sucked at it screen names are very fraught with tension because last week's episode i talked about how aim was a big uh gay gateway for me and mm. what i did not re- reference was my screen name which was it's it's devastating uh <laughs> and again keep in mind i was not out until 18 years old i was cart yeah. for cartwheel eric because i loved gymnastics so much this is great this is great your listeners are very grateful right now (laughs) no they're 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 sad they everyone kind of just looked inward and felt like this isn't fun anymore it's just deeply sad um yeah and also i do blame my dad for that one he he yes and that idea Mm. but listen you your aol chat rooms got you the phone sex you had Mm -hmm. this faceless nameless boy from the church couches and then did you Mm -hmm. because i think what i love about your work so much I said this when I met you at, uh, wait, did I first meet you at Charles's cocktail party through Henry? Yeah. Okay. So I think I said this to you then, but like, I have watched you in so many things for so many years and I just think you're such an amazing actor and creator. And I've just, I've really loved seeing your journey. And one of the things that I really enjoyed watching and I want to ask you about now is the short film you did, According to My Mother. And oh, then yeah. it, uh, I was kind of reading up again on how you basically 
would post screenshots of things that your mother would send you and that kind of inspired mm-hmm. you and your collaborator to make this this film in this series and um the the my first question is mm-hmm. what is it like now looking back at the things that were said to you when you were coming out do you look back and feel any sort of tension or sadness or pain or what or has your journey been like this is how it was meant to be for me to embrace myself now well my mom has is in orange county and so she's come to la a couple times now to support to bring me korean food she's seen the play three times now wow and she she picked me up from the airport which was a a thing i sort of allowed her to do so that she could feel like a mom again and Mm. i specifically told her don't don't bring me anything i don't want i don't want food i don't want anything from your place i'm going into corporate housing it'll have everything i need and she said what about a rice cooker and i said you can only bring a rice cooker i don't want anything else and she then uh, tells me she's waiting outside the gate and and then warns me don't open the trunk put your suitcase in the back seat and i just knew that she had not listened to me and she had packed the trunk with all this food that i still haven't gotten through and i actually sent her back home with some of it because i hate wasting food Mm. and i i lost my shit so i totally regressed into teenage self and feeling like my boundaries weren't being honored and that Mm. this this wonderful kind gesture of she she made home-cooked korean food and wanted to stock my fridge and freezer sent me over the edge which tells you all these years of therapy still hasn't gotten through to whatever that regression Mm. thing is which i guess happens to people when they go home for thanksgiving or the holidays right and i want to normalize that for you because i i think it (laughs) i think it means that everything is real and everything Mm. felt like it felt because it was so real and i think that the regression almost has to happen as as a reminder of how far you've come but i do get that it's frustrating (laughs) to be like jesus i'm a full-on fucking adult and yet yes I mean, the, the the things I feel in my stomach when there's the boundary thing or even something mm-hmm. as, you know, nice as bringing the food, I it's just, I think it's quite complicated what's wrapped up in all of that. Because clearly you yeah. were having a real feeling for a reason and it's yeah. easy to, you know, beat yourself up over it. But like, it must be a complicated thing to, and I'm only saying this because I have very much went through the same thing, which is that mm. a lot of what we were told by family or otherwise mm-hmm. was don't be gay. <laughs> yeah, it's still, so, I'm still told that. So. Right. And so yeah. it's like, okay, so I'm getting this support. I'm getting these things that are so well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. And yet there is a significant amount of toughness with what has come along with it. Yeah. I was carrying a Tom of Finland tote bag to go grocery shopping one day. And she goes, you know, when I Google your name, the first thing that comes up is that you're gay, just gay, gay, gay all over the internet. And there are pictures of me. Can you take that off? (gasps) Yes, mom, I can go on the internet and scrub it of your pictures that reference my sexuality. I will will talk to Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. who does Google? Zuckerberg's Facebook or Meta, excuse me, yeah. all the name changes. Who is Google? 
We'll talk to Mr. or Mrs. or Google or just Mix Google. Go- Mix Google. Mm-hmm. We will talk to Mix Google and make sure your mother's mm-hmm. images are scrubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, another mother I want to ask you about is you worked with Jodie Foster, who is mother. Mother. Yeah. And an um, incredible director. Well, that's the thing is I saw that she directed you in uh, uh, a film. Money Monster, yeah. And my question is, are lesbian directors better? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If the joke is that you need to fix up your house and who are you going to call? Or when you're uh, planning a vacation, I feel like I saw a TikTok about saying, we need the lesbians and we need to stop. Oh, it was Bob the Drag Queen saying, Mm. stop hating on lesbians. When you plan a vacation, gays would just spend the entire time trolling for dick, but lesbians would give you an itinerary and tell you they'll leave if you're not in the van by 7.05. Oh my God. And I laughed so hard. Bob the Trag Queen, I love. And I guess the Insta-targeted ads are working at me. No, yeah, the Bob, whatever Bob is paying to the algorithm is... It's great. I'm laughing every day on the toilet. On the toilet or in your sad post-show sleep, 9 a.m. Monday morning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now that boyfriend's gone, it is sad again. But Oh, yeah. Back to long distance and and maybe having to uh, resuscitate phone sex. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here I am. We've come full circle. Truly. (laughs) So uh, do, do you feel comfy saying how you met this gorgeous boyfriend? Yes. We met on Scruff over six years ago, seven years ago. And I was in an open relationship at the time. And he and I had incredible chemistry, but we'd never hooked up then. And I think part of it was he wasn't interested in someone in an open relationship then. Mm-hmm. And and in my version of the narrative, I thought when I was single, he wasn't single anymore. But he has since confirmed that that is not true, that our timing must have just not been right mm. then. And then he went on this two-year backpacking trip around the world and then met someone, came to LA in, during the pandemic and um, then made his way back to New York. And he saw a play of mine that I did last year. And I had a, a very eventful year in which I had a commitment ceremony and a separation with my ex all in one year. And so because it's hard to advertise on social, the separation, because I'm not, who did it not too long ago? Was it Reese Witherspoon or someone made an Instagram post saying we're divorcing? And I thought, oh, yeah, well, I mean, who like, oh, who didn't? Yeah, there was a fair yeah. amount of those. But that was not your your journey. That was not my journey online. And so uh, my favorite thing to do after a show is to go out for drinks and a bunch of mutual friends and Scott were there and and they were asking, oh, how was your wedding? How was um, how's the husband? And I had to say, well, it was a commitment ceremony, not a wedding. And we we are separated. And Scott did this thing that now I've exaggerated in my head, but it was one of those. Oh, I'm so sorry you're single now. <laughs> and. And he likes to tease me that I have very small windows of of being single in my history of knowing him. And so he snatched you right up. He really did. And I am I'm very happy. Did you kiss that night? We did. Oh, Ah! we did. I walked him to a taxi and and we kissed. 
and wow wow yeah. wow i mean by the way daniel when i asked you how you you two met i i knew it was going to be somewhat interesting but this is mm. tens 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 across the board <laughs> it has intrigue. i mean I, it could, the short answer could just be scruff six years ago but oh this is way better i mean because here's the deal i think that there's a lot of discourse on the internet that to me does not feel like it serves us that discourse being like are open relationships good or bad it's like that Mm -hmm. to me is we've moved far beyond that and i think Mm -hmm. what's actually interesting are the conversations about how we now as queer people who have benefited so much from the people who have fought through the years where we were literally you know criminalized for being gay or for gay Mm -hmm. sex and then to Mm -hmm. now of course being marriage being legal and then for there being more of an open dialogue about modern relationships. Because I've talked mm-hmm. about it on this podcast too, about Matt and I have been together for so many years that we were monogamous the entire eight year, first eight years of our relationship. And now that we yeah. have sort of uh, enjoyed the like separating ourselves from the idea of what straight society told us we needed to be, to be in a quote unquote mm-hmm. good relationship, all the mm-hmm. way to you talking about how you met Scott on scruff when you were in an open relationship and then to talk about how you had a commitment ceremony and then you got separated it's these things that aren't talked about often I feel about yeah we as queer people are yes no different from straight people but we do have very specific experiences that I don't think we're given the same benefit of the doubt and I think for you having gone through a breakup that then you had to decide on a public level what to say about it. It's all just very interesting about sort of mm. the roller coaster of of life that I think straight people take for granted, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. It's like thinking about what media representation we had growing up. And yeah. I I clung to what little there was out there. And I thought Will and Grace was the rubric. I thought queer as folk would be my clubbing and hooking up future. I yeah. thought you know, that really sad storyline in Dawson's Creek would be my fate or that this was all there was. And and now to see so much more diversity of stories happening there and, and, you know, to have a podcast like this where you can explore or continue to share those different stories and experiences, mm. hopefully makes someone else feel less alone and, and that, that it's okay, or that it's not an anomaly or weird or, yeah. or that, you know, just that you're not alone in it. A hundred percent. And I think that what I would like to do for myself even is normalize all of the difficult feelings that we have for the better. Example Mm. being what we talked about with our parents and saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of shitty things were said and we're going to feel those triggers, but also, you know, we can tether ourselves to how much we've grown. On the other side, Matt and I, 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 I never want to project to the world that Matt and I as a relationship are have always been great, will always be mm. great. And everything is, oh my God, I love my hubby. I like really, <laughs> I really I, I think I have that triggers me because my parents, you know, like most people's parents had many ups and downs. Mm. And I think that when I see people project just constantly how perfect the marriage, mm-hmm. the relationship is, it's like that is doing literally no one favors. And so I mm. think to talk to you, it's like when you you know, let's say to talk about that night where you are out with Scott after your show, when you, you know, were, would deliver the news to people that you were separated from your ex, did it bring mm-hmm. up any feelings of 
um, I don't even project it. Did it bring up any feelings to you about how it felt to share that news? Or was it, did it feel more of like a, you've been through before of, you know, telling people mm. that you were newly single? It just felt like the thing, the soundbite I had to deliver to everyone that I was catching up with that, oh. you know, because I was busy doing this show and I, I, I had been very lucky and done four off-Broadway projects last year. Mm. And, and in the busyness of it, I wasn't exactly doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with friends or I was only seeing them in these environments. And when, when the, the small talk is very short and very public, there's only so much you can do to... Mm to evade truth and i'm not one to do that so it, it was a lot of hi thank you for seeing the show i'm not good <laughs> at receiving compliments oh you're going to ask about this let me give you um the the shorthand response at least and then you know if you want the longer story we can talk another time it's almost like coming so, out again yes yeah and so maybe that's why people do their instagram notes at post to announce it because that does save you some trouble perhaps of getting the news out there oh man it's it, it is a weird world we live in when it comes to mm -hmm. like people regardless of you being a performer a creator a writer or not people's social media is kind of like their own press their own mm -hmm. you know projection and i think mm -hmm. It's which is which comes around to you saying all these couples posting their yeah. their best selves, their happy and joyous and successful selves, and not maybe the the harder things, the more unvarnished things. And oh my god, yes! If that mirrors parents who put up that facade of of we are the happy go lucky perfect family, whereas maybe talking about it would have then helped process things or create empathy or Hello. at least been more honest and and been a safer environment to grow up in absolutely and i have to tell you something i've never said on this podcast before but it, it totally applies to this social media matt and i the first few years of us dating we we would have these moments and i can say this now because we've definitely worked through them but if we had a disagreement we started to do something fully fucked up and i admit that it's fucked up but we would i i would if we had a debate and i thought it was lighthearted enough i would go to my instagram and put a poll up to see who people would side with <laughs> fucked mm. up right that's mm. fucked up mm. but and, then, and how did those end up uh, <laughs> <laughs> one or the other would feel validated oh of course exactly one of us yeah. would always be like and then and then it became like you know we would both do it and mm -hmm. then and then at one point i fully admit like i would leave you know those mirrors when you're in a bathroom the vanity mirror that sometimes there either you can swing the door open or yeah. we had one where you would slide it you would there okay. was like a, or whatever it was i would leave the mirror open a lot I would, I would, that was your there. passive aggressive thing. No, no, I literally was just like, a, I think undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> like, oh, I think I just I feel see, like, I, see. I would just like, yep, got my thing. And I would leave it open. I would, I would just genuinely forget. And so Matt would get frustrated with me and he would start to post it online and post oh, no. that Eric did it again, or he would send me a picture of it via text. And I'd be like, oh, this no. is so passive aggressive. I'm uh -huh. so, and of course I ended up learning, well, I ended up just moving out of the apartment and then that kind of, we got, we, that, that fixed it. But I bring this up because like, there are not many examples of healthy relationships plus social media, plus just, I think, healthy relationships in general. And Period, so, I, yeah. yeah, so I think it's like, it's like you really have to, um, What's the word? You have to just like experiment and um, 
test like the most productive ways to deal with your own feelings individually and in a relationship and so all this to Mm -hmm. say it's social media is always difficult i think no matter who you are right and it is a new frontier for us right we didn't have this growing up and i think about parents who decide to post pictures of their babies online versus parents who absolutely do not and i know some who even blur out their babies and you think i wouldn't have wanted my childhood photos out there that Mm. could then be discovered by a job employer or you know by your friends in high school or college or even in your adulthood and some of these kids now will have had that entirely documented without their consent and and what does that mean and and how how this is all very it's all new for us that is a definite fraught topic because i know many i have many friends with kids who are on opposite sides who mm-hmm. post everything who don't post anything and it's mm-hmm. that is a very interesting point because it's like we're not going to find out for another 10 to 20 yeah. years <laughs> what, right the repercussions of it yeah I, I i mean i i sometimes look at people's tiktoks or and i'm just like if i was a kid right now do you see that story about that kid that was like yes gaga yes and now he's fully like been completely memefied. well he was memefied, and then now he's like older and completely like anti-gay and now like in the church oh no oh no sad ending sad ending but i think like that's a very like worst case just like outlier bad story but like yeah if i was can you imagine like being a 14 year old closet case and having Mm -hmm. access to tiktok what the fuck would i be like i'd be like i'd probably be posting about clay aiken I would probably like I really I I wouldn't I don't think I'd be proud and that's why I do think it's we're in a way lucky we weren't kids then but in another way maybe we'd both be in spring awakening <laughs> oh. if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Well, listen, a lot of uh, gorgeous discussions, but we have not yet discussed the next podcast question, which is Daniel K. Isaac. If the world Mm -hmm. was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you save? Mm. I really thought about this, and it was was very hard to narrow it down. But I did have the pleasure of working with Linda Lavin in this (gasps) play last year. And I don't know if any of your guests have brought up Linda Lavin. And so that is my answer. Daniel, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. I have on my list of notes how I went through Linda Lavin. So I saw that you did a play with her. And I went yeah. through her. I was like, I love Linda Lavin, but why do I love her? And I went through all of her credits. And I, <laughs> she, she was in um Damn Yankees. She has been mm-hmm. in so many. How was it working with Linda Lavin is my first question. Incredible. Incredible. It was her 80th birthday on, I think, our second preview. And you just think this woman is she was literally doing downward dog on stage every show. She she memorized everything word perfect, doing incredible, incredible work and was just the most gorgeous scene partner I've ever had the the privilege of working with. Mm. And and she's still going. She still has more stories to tell. And so I'm saving an 80 year old to ensure that she continues working. And, and that, hopefully for the next 20 years, I want her to be yes. 100 and I want her to be no 25. I want her to be 105 and she'll mm-hmm. be in the revival of Putnam County Spelling Bee with you. <laughs> you will have done some vocal training that you can hit yes. Leaf Coney Bear. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. um but I mean god, what a stunning answer. And, and 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 I'm looking at her credits now and she's let alone the stage show she's done. I mean, she's a Tony winner. She was in mm-hmm. a she was in a family affair back in 1962. She did mm. the um damn yankees movie in 1967 she's then done just so many youtube her gypsy that that there's this i read that too she she replaced tyne daly as gyp as mama rose okay Uh i haven't i need to youtube that there's incredible footage out there just go down a youtube rabbit hole but daniel can we take a moment to really appreciate how amazing your career has been to say that you have worked with Queen Les Jodie Foster to watch Linda Lavin <laughs> do a downward dog to celebrate her 80th birthday to be in love with I mean like uh, you you have it's just such a, a what a gay gift I feel like you you know the the religious trauma of it all somehow gifted you with a smorgasbord of queen <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear you say trauma and this smorgasbord. Yeah, I think I missed. I might have missed that about half of the words in that sentence. But like, 
God, it's so it's so I just I feel like just by knowing you, I I can feel some of that fortunateness. Like I can feel some of that. Like you must mm-hmm. What happened when you when you found out that you booked this play, this solo show, like mm-hmm. was it mostly excitement or was because I know it's pretty uh and for all transparency's sake i'm seeing the mm-hmm. show with a big gaggle of gays in october so it is mm-hmm. set and I'll i'm be very there. excited for y'all um, to come. cannot wait but like what what did it feel to you know you've done so many plays last year you get this one did the solo show of it all freak you out or what was it like oh yeah i shit my pants i i really thought this is terrifying i can't do this mm. and i was so scared of it and i i knew that that meant i had to lean into the fear of it all and at least try and so i feel like doing this podcast with you is a nice moment of reflection and and yes. and gratitude to sort of look back on the 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 short career i've had thus far with hopes of a much longer one ahead and that this gets to be this huge milestone and, yeah. and life chapter that you know i've never done a solo show i've i've never been offered something like this outright before and and that's thanks to colin summers the director mm. who had seen me in a couple plays last year and had the intuition to think oh he can do this solo thing even though he's never done one before yeah and i mean it gives me it that, gives me chilies because it's like you step up so much to the challenge and to mm. be you know given this opportunity i think is there something that if you're sitting right now looking back at the fear you felt, what would you say is something that you learned about the shitting your pants feeling versus now having, you know, just on another five show weekend? Like what what's what is the difference of how you feel now being in the middle of it versus mm. looking down the barrel at the fear? There's something that I'm still working on now, but I think is probably a life lesson to take with me is that I'm such a perfectionist and a control freak and and probably from having not had control growing up or not being able to deliver on other people's expectations growing up and and also the industry we're in and how volatile it is and and how much uncertainty there is and wanting to control what little you can and this play forces me to confront the fact that you cannot have control you cannot take things personally and i i'm a very big softy and take everything personally and so those two very daunting things were were facing me when i knew i would i would take this on or consider taking it on and now i i hope or wonder that that maybe i will have better tools with how to deal with being out of control or embracing the uncertainty more or leaning into the unknown and and that that's okay and and that i can land on my feet after that even though i thought i couldn't that's i think what the fear is and i think that you really beautifully say how because i myself am also a perfectionist i myself mm-hmm. have a thing about control and i think that mm-hmm. a lot of it is that we had no control over how we were perceived about how we mm-hmm. would be uh uh if we would be accepted, you know, coming yes. out, all of those things. And I and I think that something I'm dealing with right now, too, is my anxiety being a direct 
connection correlation, to my yeah. correlation to my need for control because it's mm. like if i don't know what the outcome is then my brain starts to spin because i want the control of knowing the outcome so i think yes. the one of the mantras i've been trying to repeat to myself is like you don't need the answers you don't need to know it it's actually you like landing on your feet for a lot of us is an actual survival thing it's like well mm-hmm. our body feels like we're actually going to like not be alive like we're fully mm-hmm. like we're not going to survive whatever the thing is and it could yeah. be you know a low stakes thing when you think about it but it feels so monumental and yeah. i and i think that that's you know it's 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 a scary but exciting lesson to be able to go through this play and like see what happens when you attempt to let go of the control and the mm-hmm. perfection and um since we have the time i want to go into what was it like when you did you end up coming out while you were still living in california or was it Mm -hmm. when you had kind of gotten out of the 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 home as it were the longer version of the story includes me putting myself through conversion therapy while i was in high school because of this intense church and home environment that was seeped in religion and and a conservative interpretation of what jesus or christianity would feel about homosexuality and so i i came out once to my mom to say i was in conversion therapy because i'd put myself in it before i'd come out to her Mm. and and in conversion therapy they would say you're not coming out you are confessing your sin so i quote quote like big big quotes confessed my sin which i feel all different ways about now with that kind of framing yeah and then i i went to college at 16 and and swiftly that was when facebook was first starting out and not a lot of people were out about their sexuality and saying they were a man interested in a man but i did find some very quickly and to know that there were these out and open gay people especially in the theater world Mm -hmm. which i'd encountered a little in high school but more so in college and and then working at la jolla playhouse with professionals coming from new york city and who were living their best lives as out individuals i came out again in my freshman year of college and my mom disowned me but i was in college so at least i wasn't homeless until the summers where i just couch hopped to survive and wow i i at least had the dorms for as long as school was in session and and now we're just in this weird cold war area of i've never been dependent on her for anything since and so now she's a little more dependent on me if anything and so she gets to make her jabs and i just have to go to therapy or you know try to water off the duck's back it so well that's i mean that's truly all you can do but god that's i mean it's it's a testament to your ability to only depend on yourself which of course is Mm -hmm. a double-edged sword because in one sense you don't want to have been put in the position to only have Mm -hmm. yourself but on the other Mm -hmm. side it shows how much of a survivor you are and and i i really you know of course it's so painful to hear that but also i think it's inspiring to put yourself in a place where you're like i'm the sinner i'm the problem i'm going to put myself in conversion therapy and then when you really zoom out go to your freshman year of college and you see these people who are clearly living by an example that that conversion therapy route is not the way to be Mm -hmm. and then to be able to embrace yourself while dealing with the pain of of family like damn that is some heavy heavy shit 
I took a lot of therapy. Yeah, I bet, <laughs> a I, lot I, of failed relationships there. But. Sure, sure, sure. Do you have you? Um, I've said because of my fucked up stuff and coming out stuff, which one day I probably will be able to like you know feel like ready to say everything because it is you know there's there's a lot of interesting uh, interesting stuff personally Mm -hmm. all of it but um i have said that i'm going to be in therapy for the rest of my life do you Mm -hmm. feel like you are in a place where you still crave that therapy or is it like you sometimes need a break from looking within Mm. i do it weekly just once a week and i mean for me, two months ago, to regress and and be so furious about home cooked meals yeah. <laughs> just shows you there's still plenty of stuff to work on. So I'm I'm grateful that I have the structure of it and and that you know I I have a therapist who says I can call or text if I if I'm really going through something and and I've been with him for many years now and so I I don't know that there is a a time where you are quote unquote, done or graduated from therapy. And that some ways I hope I have worked through at least the the really difficult things that that aren't always easy to discuss or yeah. that, that, you know, I'm grateful for the professional support and not just the friends who I have much empathy with and also don't want to burden them with all of my shit. I get and, it. It's... And so there's a balancing act of, of yeah. having the community there and and the professional help there. Oh, you are preaching to the choir. And I think mm. for a moment we need to give a quick uh, snaps for therapists. We love you, therapists. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'd be lost without you. <laughs> but I would not be good. Um, <laughs> so listen, what is devastating but true is that this has been already an unbelievable episode and yet we have to get towards Mm. the end where i make sure i haven't left any pressing matters final question before the final final podcast question last Mm -hmm. year you were doing what looked like an amazing play called you will get sick and Mm -hmm. you periodically a couple times posted some really delicious thirst traps to promote the show but not as many (laughs) thirst traps this year daniel what changed (laughs) i'm probably more insecure about doing a one-man show and and posting my underwear pics when (laughs) the play deals with deals with depression and suicide or maybe because i'm in la and everyone just has a ridiculous body here and i i feel scrawny next to that i don't know i also have a boyfriend who works in social media and marketing and i can just feel him cringing through the internet when i do certain things online (laughs) and and he tells me so i mean no you've you've inspired me i'll um i'll get my shit together and, and post a thirst trap from my dressing room it's it's tradition Judy's, we did it. Mission accomplished. Uh-huh. Get Daniel I want K. the show Isaac. to extend. So if this will sell more tickets, I'll do it. And I will gladly uh, send uh, the armies <laughs> to the thirst trap. I will. What's the word they say when you like have a social justice issue that you want to? I'm going to um, illuminate, not illuminate it. I'm going to 
It'll come to amplify. me. Amplify. Thank you. I'm going to amplify your, fir- your, fir- your first <laughs> And I will make sure. All for the sake of extension. Yeah. For the sake of extension and, of course, uh-huh. the horny gay boys of the internet. Um, yes. Well, you didn't ask for my opinion, but I will tell you that you are an LA 10 as much as anyone else. <laughs> and, that is, and that is on period, as they say. Daniel, the final <laughs> podcast question before we say goodbye is, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Sister Act. Thank you. That is correct. I knew when I met you that we would really align politically in this way. And I thank you for your service. Daniel, tell us where should people follow you and um, how long is Every Brilliant Thing running? I'm at Daniel K. Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, which is commonly misspelled on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm more lurking and not really posting. I have a threads and a, a TikTok, but I don't post anything there either so i guess that makes me a solid millennial on instagram or daniel daniel uh, daniel k isaac.com i almost said daniel 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 like i was a drag queen on um drag ways welcome to the stage daniel yes. daniel daniel, daniel. <laughs> i kind of love that though i think you just sort of tapped into your next project <laughs> my, my next drag persona <laughs> yeah and when is the show and, running till Currently, it runs till October 15th. And it says a lot of shows are sold out, but a lot of subscribers just move their dates, or maybe rich people don't mind losing money on tickets. And my type A self could never handle that. So there's always tickets available at the door. They have a great rush policy, a student policy. There are interpreted performances coming up. There are talkbacks on Wednesdays. And I um, I really hope y'all can make it. Yes, you all fucking will. And we're going to get that uh, thirst trap uh, amplified. And <laughs> Daniel, this has been a pleasure. And I will see you at the theater. Great. Thank you for having me, Eric. Thanks so much for listening to That's a Gay as Motherfucking Podcast. If you enjoy and you want more bonus episodes, we're at patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. It's only $5 a month, and you can hear this week's bonus where I talk about getting too zooted at the spa and the hot daddies and I... <sighs> drama. Really, it's it's drama. Uh, I love you so much. Next week's guest, you're going to be gagged. It's been a while since we had this type of guest. And trust, you're going to be thrilled. See you then. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.